Because you said it, you said it a second ago. Some people just don't even know that they're bound. Like because we've lived with it for so long, I we don't believe even. That. It's like an animal in a zoo. I'm actually going to be speaking at a retreat tonight on deliverance, and I'm going to be talking about this. It's like an animal in a zoo. They were not made for captivity, but they've been in captivity so long that they don't know anything cool. different. I, but I promise you, let a hurricane come and knock down the enclosures. They're going to get a taste of freedom and they're going to go, oh, this is what I was made for. And so what I see yeah. happen is when people give unforgiveness away and they get that first taste of freedom and they're like, oh, my gosh my mind is clear. Oh my gosh, there's a heaviness that I'm not carrying anymore. When they get that taste of freedom, they're like, okay, what else? What else can I give to God? Because it starts when you were talking about being rooted and established in love a second ago, like Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, talked about that. We should be rooted and established in the love of God, okay? In the love of our father. But the roots of the enemy, so you think about if you've got a tree planted and you see around the tree, all these other little like sprigs and things coming up in agriculture that's called they're called suckers because they literally suck the nutrients out of the ground from that tree and so that is what the work of the enemy does in our life but you if you want to go below the surface we're supposed to be rooted and established in love like think of this as like the roots going down but think about if there's weeds all under the surface and there's these um, and this is what I felt like spiritually on the inside. I'm just giving you guys, because uh, I, I want to share a little bit of my, my freedom story from last October. But on the inside, I felt like there was something bound up and choking out the roots of the love of God in my life. And and I didn't know. I was blind to what it was because I, I ha it had been a long time since I had let the Holy Spirit search me because I thought I was good. I was a pastor. The Holy mm -hmm. Spirit was moving through me. Ministry was happening. Hello. I had already been doing deliverance ministry, you know, like I had seen God move. So I thought I was good, but on the inside, I knew deep down that I wasn't. I knew that there was something that the only words I knew how to describe it when I would go like talk to my mentor is I feel bound up by something. And I have asked the Lord to uncover it, but it, what I wasn't really doing was spending the right amount of time listening for the Lord to show me what it was. And so, um, so that is what happens is we get bound up by the roots of sin in our life. And sin is anything that separates us from God, like anything that yeah. um, is not submitted to the authority of scripture. So sometimes our responses are sin, or like I said, our ungodly beliefs or roots of rejection or whatever. And so you have to let the Lord uproot those roots, pluck out those roots. And depending on how far that root goes, um, it could be, it could be a pretty dramatic thing to see that freedom come in your life. Like, and sometimes it could literally feel like a, something lifting off of you or something leaving you. Okay. Like it can feel that way spiritually. Um, so yeah, that's that. If I could give deliverance in kind of a nutshell, non-scary painted way, it is allowing the Holy Spirit to uproot anything in your life that is keeping you from the love of God. Yeah, but when I hear that, I think, man, I want that. Well, I <laughs> want more of that. I want all of that, right? And so that's why I feel like, too, when, when you meet women who are people, but women, because we like us, uh, <laughs> who have had a taste of this freedom, we're not playing. Like, we, once we have an understanding of what this means, even this this conversation. Now that you've heard this conversation, you're responsible for what it says. And yeah. so it I feel like 
this is why I don't play, right? If it's gray, we don't play. This yeah. is why I don't participate in so many things. And this is why we just, I asked literally like one of my friends, I asked, she heard me ask my kid this. Um, I said like, hey, is this of God? Like just very clearly, mm-hmm. is this what we're doing right now? What we're participating in? Do you think this reflects God? Do you think this is of God? And he was like, no, no, it doesn't. And then we moved on to the next talk. I think it was like yeah. gossip or something. I can't remember yeah. what we were doing. But but then my friend was like, is that like legalism? And I was like, no, friend, that is my children. I have a relationship with the father. And so I'm trying to teach my kids that the Holy Spirit is inside of us and that he can fix us. And that if the what we are doing does not reflect God, is not a part participation like if god is sitting in the room with us and he would not participate with us or would not be pleased then maybe it's something we shouldn't do and i'm trying to make it as simple as possible yeah so when these big halloween is this i don't know this month or these big (laughs) topics come up this that it's like hey it's as simple as we really want to be disciples of christ and we have experienced i have experienced freedom and i don't ever want to go back i don't ever want to allow the enemy to get a full hold, a stronghold. I don't want to give any any access to my life, to my children, right? And so I feel like once we have this sweet taste, it I don't care if it's legalism or not. I don't care what label it is or not. I want freedom and that's all I want for myself yeah. and for my family. And so we just don't play anymore. And so I think when you get a taste of what the Lord can do in your life, you are willing to forgo everything of the world and yes, there's mess ups and yes, there's slip ups. And yes, you know what I mean? But yeah, your your mindset changed, your heart changes. You want more of him and less of anything else, even if it's uncomfortable yeah. and awkward and all the things. Well, and righteous living isn't perfection. I mean, it doesn't have to be legalism. Righteous no. living is the whole it's blameless living. Blameless living is where the Holy Spirit is guiding you, leading you. And and each time saying, OK, let's go a little more. You know, I literally like I always say if he wouldn't, I shouldn't. So, hey, Jesus, would you do this today? No. OK, then because that's he's with us. He's indwelling inside of us. And so I yeah. do think that and one of the things I like to say is, well, look at the fruit that it's producing in your life. So you're participating in this. Do you have like more joy than you can handle? Do you have more peace and patience? Like, do you have more? Do Does anyone have more fruits of the spirit than they can handle. And I will say this, used to, I did not. Now I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm pretty abundant. Like, and this is not a a flex or a pride or anything like this. This is we, the abundant life is truly possible. And I, you will never mm-hmm. regret giving up anything for the Lord. And I have lived in legalism. No. That is how I grew up. I grew up in that. And I think holiness and legalism they had the right heart to the at the beginning same did so did the pharisees and the sadducees like the heart at the beginning was right they were like we never want to be captive again but then they became captive to the law so we don't want to be captive to the law what i'm captive to is my relationship with god and so when i see that something i am doing hurts the heart of god or is not something he would be involved in it is not legalistic it is god i don't i don't want any part of it and so righteous living is is something that, again, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. None of this is accomplishable on your own. This is all through the work of the Holy Spirit. No. So you're not even going to be most sin in your life. You're not even going to be able to identify on your own. You're going to be blind to it. And so that's where, um, can I share like real fast my story? I don't even know how much time we have left. So 
Um, Go for it. Yep. Okay. So last October, I, um, so first off, and I'll share the book that I read. It's a very, very deep theological thinking book. So um, I'm going to share two books with y'all at the end. One is real basic and layman's terms. The other is super nerdy. Um, But in this book, um, it was a pastor who wrote it. And at the end of every chapter, it's on spiritual warfare. At the end of every chapter, he would share a testimony about somebody in their church who had went through their inner healing and deliverance program, which was what it was called. And I'm like, man, this thing sounds a lot like freedom, but on that deeper level. And so I literally reached out to their church and I was like, hey, do y'all train churches in this program? And she's like, funny, you reached out and asked. <laughs> she's like, we are actually looking for a couple churches um, that um, that we can train so we can, because at some point we want to train people up on this. Because here's another thing, deliverance and discipleship go hand in hand. Deliverance should be inside of the church. I think some of the reason you have some of this rogue stuff happening in deliverance ministry right now is because there's so much deliverance ministry happening outside of the church because the church is scared of deliverance ministry or we don't know what to do like I was a few years ago. So we send them to everybody else. But deliverance ministry should be inside the church. We should help people walk through freedom. That should be a part of what we're doing. We should not just have attenders of churches. We should be making disciples. Okay. And so making disciples comes with helping them walk through freedom. Anyways, I'll get off that tangent. Um, But that's their part. So they, um, and they're not training churches right now, but we were one of the like special churches that they trained and uh, we are now implementing the program in our church. So I'm going like, I'm fine. I'm just going to learn this ministry. Yet at the same time, remember, I felt very bound up. So my heart was praying for something that my flesh was almost like blinded to that God was going to do in my life. Okay. So I'm like praying, God, why do I feel so bound up? What's going on in my life? And I would say it had been for about six or seven years. I can't, I know I can pinpoint it now because I know what the sin was. But at that time, I couldn't tell you how long I had felt this way. I just knew it had been that way for a while. And um, so it's definitely this block between my intimacy with God, the intimacy that I used to have that now I was like, it's just not there anymore, God. And I don't know why. And I want it back. So I would have spurts of it, but there was definitely something choking out. Okay. So I go and literally the first session, I'm like, I'm good. I don't, I don't have any offenses because of course you start with offenses and unforgiveness. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have any of this. And the poor, my poor facilitator, I was like, I'm really just here to learn, to train, to like go um, to back to my church and do this. Yet at the same time, the whole time the Lord had me, my heart prepared and ready for all that he was going to do. And so that like, I don't know. After that first session, I went and I sat with the Lord and the Lord literally like rebuked me. And he was like, Avery, you said you want to be unbound. You need to participate in this. You're bound up to something that I will show you if you will participate, if you will humble yourself, stop acting like you're all good and go through this process, you know? And so, um, so I did, I just went full in and started letting the Lord like peel back all the layers. So where we got to was that Um, about seven years ago, there was a specific area of my life that I told God, no, I literally told him, no, he said, he spoke to me. I prayed about something specific. He gave me the answer and it was not the answer I wanted. So I told him no. And then I took personal steps to make sure that my no was what would happen. Okay. And so, and I, but I was, I couldn't even remember it. I was blind to it. Um, and seven years later, the impact that that no had in my life was that I was bound up. I literally felt like there was something choking out the love of God in my life. Okay. 
And here was the thing. I think in my head, because it wasn't attached to ministry, it was a different part of my life. I was able to compartmentalize it and was like, oh, well, that's an area that I'm not going to be Bible Betty or whatever. That's an area that I can control if I want to, you know, Um, I'm not going to be legalistic. I, I can control that area of my life. The Lord really doesn't care about that area of our life. Okay, if he's asked you for it, he cares about it. Actually, he cares about every area of your life. <laughs> so the Lord had to show me that I had literally said no to him, and that's wrong. Like, that is sin. I did not trust him in that area of my life, and I shut him off. And so because I shut him off, it the longer it went, the more areas of my life it was impacting to where seven years down the road, it feels like it's impacting almost every area of my life. And so I saw a quote that said, when you aren't secure in the love of God, you're looking for him everywhere. That would have been me. God, okay, where are you? God, you've called me to this. Are you in this? Are you in that? Like everywhere. I was looking for approval. I was searching. So it's not that my heart wasn't for him. I was just really bound up. And then it said, but after you, you're secure in the love of God, you see him everywhere. And that is where I'm at on this side of things is God is, he's everywhere. He's with me. His presence goes with me everywhere. So So I had to confess and repent. I literally confessed, God, I am sorry for telling you no in that area of my life. I confessed and I repented. Well, from there, he led me to a couple other places that because of my no, I started walking down this path and a couple things happened to me. And so I was actually out of the country um, very, uh, probably like a year after I had told God no, I was out of the country. And so again, you ask Christians, oh yeah, demons are in other countries. They're just not in ours. You know, <laughs> like they'll say that stuff or witchcraft <laughs> is everywhere else. Yeah. It's just not in our, well, whatever. Go walk in Hobby Lobby right now. Not Hobby Lobby. I don't know. They may have, I don't go in there. They have Halloween stuff. But Home Depot. Yeah. Go to Home Depot. It's scary in there. Right. So, I mean, like witchcraft is everywhere. Um, but I go to this other country, my husband and I are on a trip and, um, on this side of it, I know this sounds kooky, but I truly believe this woman put a curse on me. Um, I, we were getting massages on the beach and she started um, at the end of the massage. She started chanting something over my stomach. She literally put her hands over my stomach and she started chanting something. I had told her we were pastors, which, again, is kind of something that they say, like, don't you don't typically like tell people that when you're in other countries on a missions trip or something like that. You don't buy things from other countries because they could have like curses on them. Those are sort of things. So I had told her that we were pastors. So she starts chanting over my stomach. And then I felt very, again, you can feel spiritual things, right? I felt very weird. And I said, can you, can you please stop? She goes, oh, it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing I put on every, we put on everybody after the massage. And I was like, okay, well, I'm good. I don't need your blessing. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure it was already put there. Um, Yeah, I think I stopped her too late. So we, my husband and I later on, I asked him, I was like, hey, did your like massage person put a blessing on you at the end, like over your stomach? He was like, nope. Um, And I was like, oh, okay, well. And so I just kind of shook it off because again, at that time, I don't think I was thinking as supernatural as I do now. And just to like share, so it makes more sense. The area I told God no was to more children in my life. Um, My husband and I decided to pray about do we have more children? And I prayed and I felt like God said, not only did he want me to have another child, but he wanted me to have a daughter, which ripped me out of my frame. That was not something, it was an ungodly belief I had that I wasn't cut out to be a mom, much less a mom of a daughter. Okay. So in my insecurity, instead of turning to God, I said no to him. So this woman puts this chant over my stomach. Okay. Within a year of coming back from that trip, 
I had a full history, not full hysterectomy, partial hysterectomy. So within a year of that trip, I think three months after we got home, the first physical attack happened. And it was always while my, while my husband was doing ministry. So he would be gone on a ministry trip in another country and I would get attacked physically, had my appendix removed, started having cysts on my ovaries, like all sorts of stuff. So over a year, by the next year, I had this growth in my uterus that was so big that they had to do an emergency um, removal of my uterus. So the area that I told no to God in and then took physical steps to make sure I would not get pregnant a year or two years later, I believe the enemy had whatever I, I sometimes I can't even like truly explain it in the in the place where I understand I'm a child of God. Right. But in this area of my life, I had told God no. So in my understanding of it, I had removed that protection from my life, if that makes sense. Still trying to process all of this, but I believe that the door was open to where this woman could then curse me and and then start seeing these physical things happen in my life to where I, two years later, I literally cannot have children because I have no uterus anymore. So so it was like, that's what I wanted. And so the the Lord was like, that's what you wanted, you know? Now, I don't think God yeah. is the one that cursed me. I don't believe that. But it was that there's there was this, the, I had opened the door to the enemy in my life to say, hey. Um, so we identified that as well. And so here's my, my, my big part of my testimony. That's not scary. I think I was scared of it until it happened. So I walked through forgiveness to the lady and literally prayed and said, I, you know, I forgive this woman who possibly cursed me or, you know, whatever. Um, and then I literally stood in my authority. I rebuked and I renounced this curse in my life. Okay. Sam, yeah. something in my stomach started to rumble and it started coming up that I felt like I was going to vomit. So as I'm rebuking and renouncing and confessing this, it started to feel like it started in my stomach, started coming up. I literally thought I was going to vomit. My sweet little facilitator just put her hand on my shoulder and started praying for me. Um, I know on this side now, she knew what was going on because now that I'm a facilitator, I you, yeah. can, you can tell, you know when something spiritual is happening. So she's just praying for me. The The feeling of nausea stopped, but there was this extreme heartburn. And I've been pregnant with some insane heartburn before. This heartburn was none that I had ever felt before. And as I'm confessing, as I'm repenting, as I'm rebuking, and as I am standing as Jesus is my stronghold, Sam, that heartburn came out of my mouth and left my mouth. And I spiritually on the inside, the only way I know how to describe it is, you know, when you open a can of biscuits, that is literally in that <laughs> moment. What yeah. felt like happened on the inside of me was a can of biscuits opened. The love of God just started rushing into my heart, mind, and soul in a way that I had never experienced before. The power of God, the presence of God, this supernatural. And I have not, I have not gotten over that. Like that was a year ago, yeah. probably today. I'd have to go look at the dates, but right around a year ago. And my life has been changed ever since then. I am so rooted and established in the love of God now because that sin is gone from my life. Like, <laughs> and not only that, the Lord exposed pride in my life. He exposed performance in my life. He showed me 
that I didn't view him as father. I viewed him as a coach and I was interact. I was trying to bring him all my trophies for all the things he asked me to do. Performance was another major thing I was delivered mm-hmm. of. And I know you and I have talked about that. So I was delivered yeah. from so much more, but I just wanted to give this practical, um, true life testimony of you can't tell me that that didn't happen to me. You were not there. I know what I, I know what happened. I know what I felt and I know what I feel now. And I'm a different person. And so all day long, the, the Lord can free you like that. And I don't think all of us have curses on us. Okay. I'm not, I do not want to sensationalize this. Um, let's just talk about the performance for a second. That was another area that the Lord had to open my eyes to, to see that I was interacting with him instead of as, well, I saw him as father, but my father figure was like a coach. Like the only time God was happy with me, the only time I received love from God was if I felt like I was doing good. And the Lord was like, I just want you to know you're loved. Like you just need to know that you're loved, whether you do another thing for me or not. And I had literally made ministry. I had literally made what I did for God an idol. So I had to confess that, lay that at his feet, repent of it because idolatry, you want to talk about another big place, like you were talking about wicked witchcraft and all that stuff. Idolatry in the Bible is where the enemy lives all the time. (laughs) And we have so many idols in our life as believers. So, so again, we have more open doors to the enemy in our life than we think. And we have more going on in our lives sometimes than we think. Um, And the way that you can know is what fruit do you have more of in your life? Fruit of the spirit or fruit of the flesh? Like go just do a fruit check. And if you have more frustration in your life than you do peace, there may be a root of something. And again, it's not always a demon. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's just bondage that you need to be free of. And so, um, yeah, that's my story. That is, this is my testimony. (laughs) This is my testimony, yes. You're, I'm such a sucker for these because I want to cry and I'm not a crier, but I, okay. So would you, this, I already know the answer, but would you want to not do that? Like even the process and yours was legitimately, you had something inside of you. So would you, do you prefer the life before that or the life after? Oh no, I never want to go back. And I'm also in this place where Again, abundance is possible. I don't think we have to go back. I think it's our choice. If we, if yeah. we, and I'm still trying to work out, like I'm, I'm gathering scripture because I'm going to, of course, at some point in time, try to write about all this because it's sad. It's so sad to me. It's so sad to me to look at Avery used to, um, you know, a few years ago, yeah. Avery and go, man, now again, it's also part of the journey. Like I wouldn't change any of it yeah. either. If that makes sense. Now, okay. Right. I might was change going back. Yeah. I might would change going back and saying yes to God in that season of my life where he told me I was supposed to have another baby. Yeah. I would go back and do that. Um, but I don't regret, like, there's no regret. There's no shame. I, it's been washed in the blood. Yeah. I confess it. I let go of it. I'm not held by it anymore. Um, but it's just one of those things that now I have to, that's just going to be a part of my story and a part of my testimony. So now I tell women all the time, if you pray and the Lord says for you to have another one, just trust him on it. Trust him on it. Trust him in that area of your life because I wish I could go back and do that um, without the, I don't have regret. Um, Second Corinthians, I preached on this yesterday. Second Corinthians 7, um, 8 through 10 says that a godly sorrow leads to repentance that leaves you with no regret. And so that is the beautiful thing um, because the enemy wants you to live with regret. Jesus can literally yeah. even set you free from the regret of your choices. So he can he can take the bad choices that you made, the sinful choices you made, 
and even in the consequences of it, give you joy and peace and a story to share with others. Um, And so that is my passion now is to help as many people as I can find this type of freedom. And the truth is, is that most churches don't have the eight-week program to walk through. But here's the deal. It's all scripture. You don't have to have the eight-week program. And even on this side of it, when I was um, 22 years old, the Lord delivered me of a major ruse. Um, there was, it was a middle of the night type of thing. Um, I actually had given God six months because I was, in, again, kind of in a miserable place, felt a little bound up, was, had been doing ministry for two years. And so on, on this side of deliverance now, I'm like, oh my gosh, God delivered me when I was 22 years old. I just didn't know what it was, you know, but I was in a season of my life where I was seeking him every single day. Thank God I didn't have Instagram and stuff when I was 22 years old. I was able to actually right. like give time to God. So I was seeking him all the time. I was in his presence all the time. I was saying, God, there's more of you. Make me more like you. That was my prayer. And so the cl- sometimes the closer you get to the Holy Spirit, actually, the more messed up you might feel because he's exposing He's exposing the darkness in you. It's just like a headache. We don't know if we're sick until the fever pops up or until the headache pops up. It's the same way. So the Holy Spirit will expose the mess inside of you. Like you might gossip about a friend and then you're like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to do that again. God, free me from that, right? Like, so he exposes you. So that was what was happening in my life at that time. And I remember my friend, she spoke this like word of wisdom or knowledge to me. She was like, hey, um, I had told the Lord he had six months to fix me or I probably wasn't going to be in ministry the rest of my life. So this was right before I met my husband. And my friend Courtney was like, um, hey, Avery, God says that um, if you would just give him tonight, he doesn't even need six months to fix you. Like he can heal you tonight. And I was like, uh, how do you know that? <laughs> so she was like, because God told me. And so she like left the room. I got on my face before the Lord that night. I threw a CD in the CD player. I got my journal out. And the Lord literally took me back to when I was six years old. And like the memory was not one I thought about all the time because it's one of those just you think, oh, I'm good, right? But the Lord takes me back to this memory and I can remember it like it was yesterday, even now. And he took me back to this memory when I was six years old. I was in um, our friend's house at a small group that we had after church. Um, I can even tell you the house it was at. It was at the Daughtry's house. There was a playground outside their yard. And my mom is sharing with her friend in the kitchen. I'm standing outside the kitchen overhearing my mom talk about the day she found out she was pregnant with me. And my mom was just being a woman. Like she was just chatting with a friend. She was doing nothing wrong, but this is the way the enemy works, okay? So my mom was doing nothing wrong. She was probably actually encouraging that friend, most likely. Um, All I remember though hearing was the day I found out I was pregnant with Avery was one of the worst days of my life because my husband had just lost his job. That's all I needed to hear. I didn't stay and listen to the rest of it that now she's the best blessing I have in my life or anything like that. As a little girl, I heard it was the worst day of her life. And I remember running out to the swing set, sitting on the swing, crying. And the the Lord showed me that day, I believed I was unwanted. And I started living with the lie of being unwanted all the way up till I was 22 years old. And the way that that played out in my life was depression. It played out as people pleasing. It played out as always trying to keep everybody happy, which I guess would be people pleasing. But it played out the fruit of that root of unwantedness played out in so many ways in my life. And that night, the Lord freed me from it. He called me chosen. He called me loved. And when the Father can speak to that place in your heart, He literally can heal you in an instant from it. And I was delivered that night of unwantedness. And I did not struggle 
with depression again from that day forward the rest of my life. Like I literally, I used to be, I used to sleep so much because I would be so depressed. And if you looked on the outside of my life, you'd be like, Avery, you had no reason to be depressed. I couldn't help what was on the inside of me because there was that root of yeah. rejection and unwantedness. So, so that just even goes to show back in the day, if you were in the presence of the Lord, if you were constantly asking the Holy Spirit to search you and to know you and to make you whole, he will deliver you of the things that are in your life without you needing somebody else to walk you through it. Um, but then also get a friend with you and say, hey, let's go on this journey together and let's ask the Lord to expose us and show us the places that we're bound, you know, and do it with yeah. a path. Yeah. And you have lots of friends. You have uh, resources for us. And then yeah. I want you to give a word of encouragement. But what were okay. the, what is the nerdy and then the simple? Okay. So the nerdy book is Pastor or it's Sam Storms and it's um, the Comprehensive Guide to Spiritual Warfare. And it's like 800 pages long. It's a compre comprehensive guide, okay? Um, yeah. And in there, he goes over all the theology. Can a Christian have a demon or not? You know, all those sort of things. It is very nerdy. Um, it's written like a college book. So it's going to give you multiple like viewpoints of what you see in the church. And so it's really cool. Um, but it is very, very in-depth and nerdy, okay? The like basic, nerdy. the basic style is uh, Pastor Robert Morris has a book called Truly Free. Um, he also has a 13-week series on YouTube. So if you go search Robert Morris Truly Free Sermons, I think, um, there's, a, there's, there's a whole playlist on um, Gateway Church's uh, YouTube. And so you can listen to all 13 weeks of this. And he walks you through what the schemes and tricks of the enemy are, how he binds you up, and how the Lord can deliver and heal you. And there's a lot of testimonies in that. Um, so the in the series and in the book, it kind of gives you some of the practical steps. Like Just like I told you, go sit with the Lord for a week on unforgiveness. Um, that book will also tell you um, several of the areas where you would go sit with the Lord. Okay, for a whole week, God, is there any root of rejection in my life? Show me, expose me, make it known, make it clear. Um, the the Sam Storms books does not have um, practical walkthroughs. It is literally just a, a guide to spiritual warfare. So much scripture in the Sam Storms book. Um, pretty sure there's a lot of scripture in the Robert Morris book. I haven't actually read the Robert Morris book. I've only listened to the 13-week series, and I have the book, but I haven't read it yet. Um, but because I share my story all the time and it's with a lot of people who don't go to our church, I'm always having people who are like, I want to go through this. I want to, I want freedom, you know? Yes. Um, and I'm like, yeah, like, so I have been trying to find the right resources because you do not, you do not want to just go search deliverance books or the secrets to don't deliverance. Just There's no template. There is no, the template don't, is the Bible. Buy a thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would, yes. And I'll have more. the links below. Yeah. Well, I would just Sorry, say do more research on what progressive sanctification looks like in the life of a believer. And that's that'll be deliverance in your life. That'll be more practical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and yeah, a word of encouragement would be that freedom is possible. That is what Jesus came to die for. And so I'm sitting here on this side of fully known and fully loved. Um, and it's better than you can ever imagine. And it is for every believer. Um, and I will tell you this, one of the biggest lies of the enemy, and I hear it all the time, is that's not true about me. That's true for everybody else, but that's not true for me. 
And that is a lie that you have to take captive and and tell it the truth. Make it obedient to scripture. Don't ride that thought around the block. Make it obedient to scripture, which is freedom is for me because I'm a child of God. And who the sun sets free yeah. is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's so many scriptures that you can claim freedom in your life and then walk with the Lord and then know that it is a journey. You guys, this was three years for me of daily being in the Lord's presence, daily asking him to do what only he can do, daily asking him to search me um, and exposing me. And there were times during the season where like my friend Jenny would call me and she's like, how you doing, Avery? And I'm like, it hurts like so good though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not fun to be exposed um, the sin, no. but I'm telling you when he frees you from it and you don't have to worry about going back to it, Y'all, I never thought I would be free from a judgmental and critical spirit. And I am. Like, I'm so free from it. And that didn't happen when I went through my eight weeks of IHD. That happened on the other side of it. That happened just a couple months ago. And But I'm free of it now. And I know that I'm free of it. You know when you're free of it. You're like, I don't ever have to deal with that again. As long as I don't want to. Yeah, as long as I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're, I love that. I love all of this so much. We can talk about this for days and hours and on end um, because it's so exciting. But and our hearts, friends, hear us when we say this is, yes, is that it is available for you and that there is freedom. Like the whole ministry of the Abundant Woman Collective is I'm not speaking to unbelievers. I mean, if you're unbelieved, yeah. message me. We'll get you saved. It's fine. But <laughs> yes, after you, yeah. you've received Christ, after You've said, yes, heaven is secured. You're good. But life, what does life look like here on earth? And it can look like bondage and it could look like stress and it could look like hell on earth. Or you could walk in sanctification, walk in the fruits of the spirit, walk in freedom and abundance. And that is that is the other side. And it is it is so fun over here. And so we're inviting you <laughs> to the abundance side, but we're not anyone special. We're only doing this because of Christ and Christ inside of us, right? And so nothing in this world can satisfy the things that he has for us, the love that he has for us. He is love. Okay, friends, if you are curious, I have all the links below. I have the book in our Amazon shop um, and links to Avery. Avery, where can we find you online? Because we want to connect with you as well. Um. I am on Instagram at Avery Forest underscore. Um, I am so sporadic on there, though, just because I'm full time at our church. Um, so when I feel like a deep yearning in my heart to share something, I'll share something. Um, so you kind of you might have to turn me on to a favorite if you want to see my stuff on purpose. Um, at some point, I will get back on more consistent um, because I do. I do want to write about this and share about this um, all. Um, but I also, I love coming and speaking. Um, the Lord has given me the opportunity to uh, be a teacher and a preacher. Um, I'm more of a preacher than a speaker. Um, but if you, for your church or your events or anything like that, um, your women's conferences, retreats, anything like that, I am available. And so that's all on my website at averyforest.com. And I love uh, getting to go around and share um, whatever it is that the Lord puts on my heart. I, I typically will pray about Again, I'm more of a preacher, and so I'll pray about what what the message is. You can give me a topic, but um, also just following the Holy Spirit on that and coming and giving a word to um, to the women of your event. So, yeah, that's me. So good, 
And who knows? Maybe we'll see you at an Abundant Women conference soon. To be determined. I saw a little comment about that the other day. (laughs) A little preview. Um, Thank you so much, friend. Thank you for sharing your story and also equipping us and um, and just loving on the Abundant Women Collective today. I so appreciate you. Awesome. I loved being here. Thank you for having me.